Hi, I'm Helen Joy Butler, and this is Musings on Sanctuary and Spirituality, a weekly podcast series where we talk about sanctuary, spirituality, and everything in between. As a sanctuary creator and elemental space clearer, I help people create sanctuary in their homes and lives in practical, emotional, and spiritual ways. In this podcast, we will be talking about sanctuary, spirituality, alignment, intention, and much more, all in the hope of supporting you on your own sanctuary and spiritual journey. I invite you to take time to pause, to settle in with today's episode, and if it feels right, to spend time journaling your thoughts and learnings afterwards. Because it's when you embody these learnings that you will achieve greater alignment in all aspects of your life. So without further ado, let's dive in. Hello and welcome to this sanctuary chat with Raquel Moscarelli and grandmother Pershley Percy Army. Raquel Moscarelli is a seeker, best-selling author, inspiring speaker, super ninja mum and wife. To top it off, she has enjoyed an invigorating 15-year career in business leadership, training and development. She's at an amazing place in her life but it took guts and years of hard work to get there. Her soul journey has spanned decades and taken her to more than 47 countries. Raquel has walked the Stations of the Cross, welcomed into the home of a Greek monk, received the ancient lineage of the Incas at Machu Picchu, and gathered fresh water for war-weary families in Sarajevo. With each new experience, Raquel grew in confidence and understanding. Finally, her heart was free to accept her own brilliance and that of everyone she encountered. And now she shares her wisdom to help elevate others in need. Raquel co-authored Escalating Success, 101 Ways to Move Past Depression. And her writing is featured in the best-selling book, The Power of the Platform, Speakers on Life. In this groundbreaking collection, the world's foremost keynote speakers share insights and inspiration designed to unleash the brilliance within us all. Through her organisation, Treasure Yourself, Raquel collaborates with groups, organisations and individuals to share the value of the world's many healing modalities, including prayer, peace, compassion, forgiveness, tolerance, contentment and self-discipline. Raquel is a proud graduate of the University of Wisconsin at Madison with a BA in Sociology. She currently lives in Wisconsin with her husband, twin sons and their golden doodle. Grandma Pershley is an ambassador for grandmothers who are educators, wisdom gatherers, sharers, guides, messengers and earth protectors. She is a member of the Hopi Tiwa tribe from the village of Walpa, Arizona. She has traveled internationally and nationally to visit with and learn from people of different nations and religion. Pershley assists individuals to heal broken spirits and minds by sharing her life's journey, her traditional beliefs and her stories. As a Hopi Tiwa grandmother, she has traveled to support all grandmothers and grandfathers. It is her vision to create a healthy world for all grandchildren. Her most recent endeavors include her writings on suicide prevention, dealing with the death of a loved one, and her motivation cards. Pershley continues to be active in her community by her work with MMIW Awareness, No Fracking Arizona, Arizona Legislative Day, Domestic Violence and Partnership with Native Americans. She also continues to teach her classes on self-care and self-awareness, lateral violence in Native communities, Gona, I Am Sacred and her Pathway classes. 
She's been a feature speaker for Intertribal Council, Native Women Conference, and National Lactation Conference. These two ladies have a lot to share with us and they are really, really interesting. Let's go dive in and see what they have to share with us today. Hi, ladies. Thank you so much for being here on the podcast. It's absolutely gorgeous to have you here. I'm going to head to Grandma Percy first. Would you like to share a little bit about yourself, where you live, your work in the world, your awesomeness with us? Thank you. Yes, my name is um, Persley Ami, and I am called Grandmother or Grandma Percy. I am from the Hopi Tewa tribe, and uh, my Hopi Tewa Indian name is Tawamana, which means sun girl, and I am from the sand clan. So that, that is who I am and that's who I represent. Um, I, have, I am a former teacher and um, I am a current grandmother, which is also a teacher. And um, the work that I do has a lot of different facets. Um, and um, my primary work is to, to help people heal and I'm not a I'm not a medicine person. I'm not a I'm not a healer. I am just a grandmother who wants to make sure that the world has as much peace, harmony, healing energy, and interconnectedness. Um, that's what's important to me. Um, I was in Australia a couple of years ago. Loved it. Um, ate a kangaroo for the first time and apologized to every kangaroo I saw from that point on because, you know, it was like, uh, oh, I'm so sorry, I ate your relative. But then I don't do that to cows. So then I stopped saying it. So anyway, I love, I love what I learned when I was in Australia. And I just felt like there was such an interconnectedness between the Aboriginal people, which are, which are, they are ancient people and they have ancient spirits. And that's what the Hopi people are. The Hopi people are ancient people. And um, even their religious are, are hundreds of years old and they still reside in them. And so their practices and their traditions and their beliefs and their ceremonies are um, handed down through many, many centuries. And we are one of the few uh, tribes that has managed to hold on to our to our beliefs um, through colonization, through all the things that um, native tribes have gone through. So it was while in Australia, I just I just enjoyed learning so much about the way that the the both both uh, groups are so similar and um, just felt like I was connecting with long lost relatives. So that was really exciting. Yeah. Um, I am, I'm wearing the scarf that was given to me by one of the, um, the wonderful ladies that I met there. And this one represents the rainbow serpent, which I was so intrigued with. But then after I got over my curiosity, I realized that the rainbow serpent is sacred to the Aboriginal people. And so I wanted to be respectful and not investigate too much until I had, you know, permission to do so. And if I didn't, that was okay. And I respect that because that's how the Hopi people operate. We, there are some things that are very sacred to us and we don't share that with just anybody. So, but um, this, this was very, very dear to me and I so much appreciate uh, the gift. And so I, I had to dig it out when I found out I would be doing this, this podcast. And one thing I learned about Australia, which some parts I can't share about you how that, that occurred, but 
I learned how to order coffee, which was so exciting. It was like, it's a whole thing that, you know, if you don't get your coffee right, you might not get your coffee order, you know? So it's like, okay. And then another thing that I totally enjoyed was being called delicious, which was, they, I, people would use the word delicious a lot. Oh, you're so delicious. So, and then I found out I was a, a DD double delicious I'm I'm excited and right now that's just a little bit about my connection to Australia and I think that is part of the work that Raquel and I are venturing in is to find that connectedness between all people and how we can respect each other's boundaries but still be able to exist in the same in the same energy, in the same breath, in the same, in the same walk. And so um, that is why I was sharing that with you. And that's what my work is all about, is learning to move forward and um, not just moving forward, but actually going beyond, just going beyond with, um, without any fear, any um, uncertainty and not letting that guide us, but knowing that there is possibilities out there. And when we can, we can control how we think about these things, then we have greater strength to move forward. So that is the work that, that I am looking forward to doing with Raquel. The other work that I do is, is with, I, I'm, I'm so like you when you're saying that you have so many things that you have going on. I, I discovered I could paint, so I've been painting. I do beadwork, I create jewelry. I love to write. I, I wrote a whole, I've written several books that haven't been published. I've written some wisdom cards that I have been able to share. And, and, um, my, my, my involvement is always around our youth. Uh, suicide rate is so high amongst our people, but not just our people, it's, it's increasing. So that is one of my focuses, but also domestic violence. And, and then of course, the meeting, missing and murdered indigenous women. So those are things that I, I focus um my attention on when i'm given the opportunity to speak so um, beautiful that, that's a little bit about me yeah thank oh, you I, I have to mention i do have 10 wonderful grandchildren and um and they're the love of our of our lives both my husband and i and i have um um i just i just love them and um, yeah, that's, that's part of why I do. I say, you know, we have to preserve the world for our grandchildren, our grand dogs to our grand cat, <laughs> grand animal, whatever that is. But that's, that's important. Thank you. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. And I, I love how you bring, when I hear you speak, I can just feel the, the gentleness. I can feel the heart and the soul that you bring. Um, I feel like I want to come and sit in your home and have a cup of tea and a cuddle, maybe. <laughs> but that's for another time. <laughs> Let's head over to Raquel. Raquel, would you like... Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Raquel, would you like to share a little bit about yourself with us? Yes, I'd love to. Thanks so much for having us. Uh, a little bit about myself. My background is it started in the corporate world sales training and management and then it took a significant transition once i became mothers a mother of twin boys 18 years ago and and then shortly after that i lost my one and only sibling to suicide and at that point it really put me on a trajectory as I was experiencing unusual um, new experiences to 
to seek a greater understanding of a world beyond um, what I thought only existed. And so for the past almost 15 years, that has really been the focus of my work. And through that, I've traveled to almost 50 countries and sampled approximately 50 healing modalities. And I've written, um, I've co-authored a couple books. And the focus always has been that this knowledge and these experiences were to be shared. And in 2016, Grandma Percy and I had the fateful experience of meeting each other at a retreat that she was participating and a co-facilitator. And we connected again the following year. And then in 2018, she invited me to travel to Australia together. And during our experience from that point on, we realized that we were I like to say we're same, same, but different. So although we physically look so different, we come from different parts of the world geographically and environmentally. I grew up in the land of 10,000 lakes. She lives in the arid desert. Um, we're different ages and education levels and just about everything that one would consider to make us completely um, different, turns out that none of those things matter. And we have continued to find the similarities in ourselves and our viewpoint. And for the last two years, we've been committed to creating and bringing our different experiences and the, the milestones that led us on the journey. I, as I mentioned, lost my one and only sibling to suicide and Grandma Percy lost her only daughter in a car accident a little over 10 years ago. And so in, in experiences, we've realized, although the circumstances may and are unique to an individual, um, what comes from that pain and suffering and joy and loss and a search for you know new footing as you move forward we we realized we were more similar than different and so that has really been the focus on bringing this work and our combined views which are very similar and very different and and before we've been in quarantine, my focus also had been on working to end homelessness and uh, suicide prevention and affordable housing. So my nonprofit work has been primarily focused on um, vulnerable populations and in the environment. Anyone that needs a voice that feels unheard. Mm, amazing. Amazing. I love that you can together bring forward work regardless of your differences. And I don't mean that from a, you know, a soul level. I mean that from a, as you've just shared, Raquel, you know, very different backgrounds. And I think it's a real invitation for us all to go, just because this person looks different, lives different to me, has a different experience, doesn't negate what they've experienced in life. May I just ask really quickly for all the Australians mm -hmm. listening, what part of Australia were you able to visit in 2018? Raquel, perhaps you can just answer that one. Well, she, she can as well. Um, Grandma Percy? Grandma Percy? <laughs> well, we were in, I'm not familiar with the layout of the country, but I know that we did fly into uh, Melbourne, then we went to, uh, to Sydney, and then um, I ended up in Hall's Gap, and so um, I'm not sure. I, I I I never knew when I woke up where I was at. <laughs> All I know there was is. A... Go ahead, Raquel. And there was a diversion, and we ended up in the bush, and literally, yeah, 
Yeah. And so we were in the, we spent a night. It, it was, a, it turned out to be a very brief visit there. We had originally planned to be there a little bit longer. Um, and our accommodations were a little bit um, more rustic than we had even envisioned. So Grandma Percy and I spent, had a sleepover in the car that night. So, yes. Wow. And my ask, what kind of season was it? Was it hot or cold or? It was spring. We were there uh, in April. So it, it felt to us or to me, because her geography is, is different as well. It felt like our traditional fall here in the Midwest of the U.S. Yeah, yeah. Because we were in April for us is autumn or fall. So, yeah, very um very beautiful time to be traveling, particularly if you're going into those areas of our country, which can be very, very cold in winter. Um, yeah. So yeah, perfect. We were at the, we were at the ocean and um, in the like Raquel said in the bush, and and then we went up to um, the uh, creator's uh, cave. I think it's Bunjai. Is the I, I may be saying it wrong, so I apologize, but yeah we we went into the into the outback and that was really exciting my greatest thrill was uh, waking up and having animals all around you know it was emus and kangaroos and wallabies and birds and i didn't see any of the dangerous insects that i was told about when i got back home so I, <laughs> Glad I didn't see any of that. I didn't, yeah. see a, I didn't see a koala either, but everybody told me they sleep all the time, so I probably wouldn't. <laughs> well, also, you have to know what you're looking for. Like, I, I live in a city um, mm -hmm. in Brisbane, and only about a 10 minute or less walk from my home is a bushland. And we were walking through that bushland only on the weekend. And we're walking around, holding onto the back of our necks, looking really high up into the trees because that's where the koalas hang out. And there mm. are koalas there. Um, mm. So, you know, there's big male ones and then there's mums with babies. And it's um, you just have to kind of be in the right place and be prepared to look up a lot. <laughs> that's beautiful. So let's talk a little bit about the spirit sanctuary. Can you share with us that experience what that looks like feels like what you know how that kind of came about did that come about because of your experience in Australia um, and what what is that going to look like Grandma well, for me it was it definitely started um, when Raquel and I um, first met initially and it was like she had mentioned at another retreat that we were we were at, and um, Raquel and I immediately had a connection, and um, and then we we took the journey to Australia, which we we focused we focused a lot I think on on the differences and it it created challenges for both of us, and so. Um, it was it was good that that happened. So that's where the journey really started, because one thing that we both discovered about each other was that she had pain, I had pain. She could laugh, I could laugh. I could make her laugh, she could make me laugh. I could make her cry, she could make me cry. And so that is all you need to realize that we're all the same. And yeah, there, there were things she likes. She likes pedicures and I won't let anybody touch my toes. It's, it's those things that, that we discovered about each other. And um, it, was, it was important for both of us that we wanted to maintain a relationship um, and put, a, put aside our differences because we both had similar intentions. And that's what we decided was connecting the spirit. That was that people will brush aside something that is good for them because they don't want to put the effort into creating something good out of it. And so um, through our relationship, we were able to create something good. 
and it it just it just increases every day you know we still have disagreements and she sees something red i see it blue and so it's it's that's okay because that's what the healing needs is to respect one another's boundaries respect one another's ancestors respect one another's belief and that's what creates the great bond not the things that are the same um, that helps but you know sometimes it can be it can be a relationship that really doesn't have the the importance when you know you work through something and it's like i've been married for 40 some odd years and you know my husband and i still disagree and that's what creates that that he still has his individual opinion and i still do and that i wouldn't want it any other way and that's kind of like the relationship that raquel and i have she still has her opinions i still do we come to a common ground and so we want to share that with people that it's beyond the surface it's it's the when the hearts connect it's when we can walk together and she can push me or she can pull me and that's what i can do for her to push her or pull her and just think what that would be like if we all created relationships all over that that with each country with each city with each um, man woman child if we can know that we're that we're secure in who we are so we can accept you for who you are because you're secure in who you are and that's what we discover uh, in our relationship and that really has helped us put this together to help other people because i know that losing her brother was devastating to her and she understood that when i lost my daughter that was that changed my whole life and it's how do we get past those how do we move forward how do we get up every day and say i'm gonna make it even better today i know that i have this to guide me that hurt will guide me and that's what we have learned to do with each other beautiful it sounds too like well what i'm hearing is that story plays a big part in this um at the same time as because you know i can tell a story but of, of something in my life but if i'm if it's not really connected with my truth if it's like surface level or i'm not diving into that i'm not actually getting the shifts or the changes that would be beneficial whether that's for me individually or me with it whether it's my partner or my friend or my community as well raquel have you got anything else you'd like to add about spirit sanctuary as well i feel for us in the United States, as the pandemic has unfolded and climate change as well, and you know, if something's red or blue, our, um, the state of our world in our country, in our geography has become so heated and inflamed by things that would have we would have considered to be acts of kindness right now that again we feel of 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 anything and everything that we bring to each other as individuals and collectively and bring forward we feel our relationship is the greatest um, teacher or role model for what we intend to um, share with others. And because 
again, we have, you know, when you look energetically and, and if we can not expect to be in another shoes, but to be able and willing to walk with them where they're at. And then from the journey that each of us has taken, the paths have been different, but the point where we're at is, is very similar. And so however we can help others where we are right now in such a state of unrest and um, dis-ease and literally disease, that's our intention. And, and, you know, as well as we have just complete, you know, some days, yesterday we had a marathon conversation and half of it can be laughing and joking and we need that as well. And so right now where we're at in our journey and bringing this work forward, we feel it's an incredibly timely time and applicable throughout and especially in the world, in the energy, in the geography that we're in. Mm, yeah, definitely. One of the things that I talk about a lot is the concept of our sanctuary toolkit. And Raquel, you just touched on this concept of dis-ease as well as disease. And in regards to the sanctuary toolkit, I say, when things are going really well, put in as many things as you can into your toolkit. And that can be a practice you have or literally maybe a candle or you know whatever the thing is you're putting it into the toolkit so is there one thing looking at this concept of dis-ease um if someone was listening to this podcast and they really related to that term what would you advise them let's ask Raquel first and then we'll go to grandma Percy Raquel what would you advise them to put into their sanctuary toolkit to just help bring them back more to themselves and reduce that disease? Nature, nature. And that is a benefit that I have seen in our environment, living in Wisconsin and a four season climate. One of the benefits that I have seen is individuals and family and children starting to reconnect with nature. We're seeing a lot more people outside. There's picnics. I saw biking this afternoon. Ourselves, we have been, we're out constantly throughout the day. But I think as well as, I think that as we know, that contributed um, to the disease of COVID because as we, as humans, um, started to encroach on the sanctuaries of animals, it appears that that may have been the trigger that led to this disease, um, you know, moving from animals to people. And so for me, the absolute number one, and, and I live it each and every day, we, we have land, we are connected to water, we have animals. And I believe the closer we are, the closer we realize how interconnected we are. And that by respecting ourselves and what we're bringing into our environment, in our homes, in our, on our land, in our surroundings, and the world at, as a whole, the more that we are connected to that, I really think that that is um, a, kid, a critical element for individuals and then collectively as we move forward, reconnecting to nature. Mm. Beautiful. Grandma Percy, what would you advise to try and reduce that disease? And for me, it's, it's one of the values and principles that um, Raquel and I both agreed on when we started this, our relationship, and that is the word truth, is that when people don't speak truth, their body reacts to it. When you're hiding something that isn't the truth and you're trying to turn it into the truth, your body will react to it. And so we break down our own body by what we tell it. You know, um, one of the things that I would, would tell um, people that I've worked with is that 
you know, if you're thinking about calling in sick and you're not sick, your body's going to create something that will make you feel sick because you're, you're trying to trick the mind and you're not being truthful. And our bodies will react to things like that. So always speaking the truth, even if it can be painful, but it's even more painful when you don't. And I have seen in the environment that we are now challenged with, especially in our country, is the lack of truth, the lack of revealing things that bring truth forward. And so, and it's truth with everything. It's a truth with how we treat each other. It's truth with how we treat the animals. It's truth with how we treat the land. You know, we're told, oh yeah, this won't harm the land. Yeah, let me go ahead and take all the coal from your land. It's not gonna hurt and it's not gonna hurt you. Well, that's not the truth. You know, it's like this, this can't possibly hurt you. You know, I, I'm gonna cut you and I'm gonna cut you deeply, but it won't hurt. Well, that's not the truth. So it's it's how we deal with this thing that says that is truth that I think causes disease, disease thinking, disease actions, disease to the body, disease to the environment, disease to to nature, everything. And so it's based on how real we want to be with all the actions that we are taking. Yeah. How did we get so lost mm-hmm. in the truth? It's possibly a, maybe more of a philosophical question, but um, I know that, you know, just in the upbringings around me, whether it was my upbringing or relatives or you know, people in the same town, we, it's not that we, lied so to speak but we didn't really claim the truth of -hmm. the situation and we can see that historically through families how not owning a truth can really impact you know that that family line or the people that are close to that family i absolutely love that and i'm going to add both of those well I've, i've had nature in my toolkit for quite some time raquel but i really love truth i'm going to be adding that in there and i hope that a lot of the listeners um, do that as well one of the things that we like to talk about on this podcast is spiritual practices that people do individually i know that particularly in my western cultural upbringing it's you know you'll do meditation or you'll do journaling or you'll do these things. And, and often I find that the people that spend time you know, in and around my work, they don't necessarily resonate with those things and they feel like they're kind of having to push, if you like, um, and it feels uncomfortable and therefore they give up. So do you have any spiritual practices that really work for you that you're happy to share maybe we'll start with grandma percy on that one if that's okay oh yeah well that's one thing that um that that i have observed with raquel she was very very much committed to hers in how she practiced so i have been and and i do have practices that i do and but one thing that I, I was a former um, volleyball player and, um, and a volleyball coach. And I would tell people, how do you, you know, I'm short, which isn't really a good attribute for a volleyball player. And, um, but I would practice. I would practice because I wanted to be good. And I think I spent more time practicing than the tall girls. You know, and so my thing is that why don't we practice being good professional people? Become a professional, beautiful person. You put the adjective in there, what it is that you want to become, and then practice being that. So some of my practices, I love I love laughter. I love being happy. I love telling jokes. And so that's, that's how I actually got Yoda. I got him 
got Yoda from a from a monk, uh, Master Ming Tanggu, and because I made him laugh, and it had been a while since he had had a good belly laugh, and literally he started rolling on the floor because he laughed so hard, and I love that, and I've told people that when I die, I want to have somebody tell me a joke so that I can literally die laughing. So I try to surround myself with that practice. My first cup of coffee comes out of a mug that says laughter, you know, laughter. And happiness is a choice. So um, I go to Ronnie's place, which I know you call it in Australia, and get a happy meal. So if you're not being happy, you have to eat a happy meal. So it's it's creating these silly practices that keep you focused on what you want to achieve. But it's practicing being a professional, good human being. And that's what I do in, in this world. But religiously and ceremonial and culturally, there are certain practices that I do commit myself to. And one of them is we have been taught through our culture that we have to carry three things with us that will help us survive this life. The first one is we always should have a corn. And this is called our mother corn. The second one is a planting stick. And that's what we use to break the ground. The third one is a gourd. This is all we need to survive. We've got corn so we can eat. We've got the stick so we can dig and break the ground to plant the corn. The gourd is to carry the water so that we can water the corn. And that along with prayer for rain is important. So this is our belief in the Hopi way. And this is a practice that we all carry. And so it's important that we have cultural practices, personal practices, that, and they all lead to the same end, is to be a professional, good human being. And it has nothing to do with color. It has nothing to do with race. It has nothing to do with, you know, how you see me, I see you. It's all about how do you feel about yourself, your spirit, your soul, your sacredness. Mm. Wow, that's powerful. Thank you. Raquel, do you have any particular spiritual practices that support you? For me, as, as you mentioned, I, I as well have meditation and prayer and movement and time in nature in my toolkit the the big um connection that i make sure that's included in all of my day and in and, and was birthed into the place that i was born is water the connection to water so I was born in Minnesota in the land of 10,000 lakes. And as I mentioned, we live on a creek and I always have water with me. And so beyond air, what do we need to sustain ourselves in life? And it's water and it's that connection to water. And so again, for me, I feel that the simplest things and what are most accessible to us are the practices that we're more, most apt to continue. So if somebody, you know, meditation as an example, I can't believe how many times, you know, people talk about, do you meditate? How long do you meditate? And so on and so forth. And for me, um, that doesn't work. But there's a lot of different processes that I can move into a point of meditation. So if I'm folding laundry or if I'm taking a walk or if I'm baking something or cooking something, something where my hands are connected. And, um, but back to what I was saying originally, for me, the daily practice is 
connecting to water through drinking it, bathing, showering, being on, in, or near water is incredibly healing and important to myself and my toolbox. Mm, Beautiful. I can really relate to that. I'm very much a water person as well. And if I need to kind of bring my energy back into myself, it's nearly always water that has that ability. So the only kind of proper question that I ever ask in these conversations is if you were to leave somebody with one piece of advice on their sanctuary journey, what would it be? Should we start with you, Grandma Percy? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a really... I think for me it would be... Um, I like, like what, what I told you, I shared earlier. I have created these, what I call wild cards, words of wisdom cards. And the last one that, that I have been primarily focusing on is the card that's called I Am Corn. And for me, the the advice that I would give people is that if you are corn, be corn. You're a corn seed. That's what you're meant to grow is corn. You're not a watermelon seed. You're not a squash seed. So don't try to be a squash. Don't try to be a watermelon. Your ancestry, your heritage is corn. That's who you're meant to be but be the best corn. Take what you have been given and be the best at it. And sometimes I meet people on the journey that are trying to be somebody or something that they're not. And they struggle with finding that identity. So find a seed that's in you and grow it and make it become the best. Be the best corn if that's what you're meant to be. Be the best banana if that's what you're meant to be. Whatever it is, look for the seed that is planted with inside you. And most of all, take care of it. And for us as Hopi people, corn is valuable. And so that would be my advice is be the best corn or banana, or whatever, even the best weed if you were planted to be a weed. (laughs) That's beautiful. Thank you. Raquel, what would you say? One piece of advice on someone's sanctuary journey, what would it be? I agree. I mean, she she took the words right out of my mouth. Um, I'm not corn. I'd be water. But it's really, you know, what, what, what our experiences and what works for us um, may not resonate. And, and that's what we, we want people to understand that they're their best teacher. They're the best knowledge um, keeper. They're the wisest individual for themselves. And, and as wherever you are in your journey, Sometimes it's just like a shirt. Um, you may try it on or a different piece of transportation or you're trying a new food. But ultimately, it's really getting to that connection with which what fits you and feels good for you. And it's a practice that is um, easily integrated into your life and, and that you feel compelled and passionate and disciplined to to integrate into your daily life. And what I found, and as we mentioned, when Grandma Percy and I met, I had been attending the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York and US for 10 plus years. And what I found on my journey is I would go to Omega as a destination and I, at Omega, It was a sanctuary for me. And what I struggled was when I stepped off that ground and returned to my real life, how did I recreate that? And so that was really this journey that I've been on. It's finding those practices wherever you are. If I'm in Australia, if I'm in home, if I traveled to visit friends and 
it's, it's sustaining those practice with wherever you are and that your sanctuary comes with you and that they're easily able to be with you wherever. And, and that is what really has led me to the point where I feel that my sanctuary is with me and it's home wherever I am. Yeah, that's amazing. There's not many people that can say that, I don't think. But I, I know that we're all here to try and bring that message forth, that sanctuary can be within and that you can welcome yourself home in whatever capacity that is. And I'm actually going to be thinking, am I corn or am I water or am I weed? Like I'm going to be putting some thought. <laughs> <laughs> or both. Or all of the all above. Of them. Yeah, I know. The beauty is all of them. Yeah, amazing. Well, ladies, this has been absolutely amazing conversation. I've really enjoyed what you've shared with us. I do know that the Spirit Sanctuary Retreat will be online hopefully soon and coming up. We don't actually have the link yet to be able to share, but we will be sharing that in the show notes once we know what that is. I'm very happy to share any um, any information about it. And I do know that when Raquel and I were first messaging, I said, you know, like, sign me up. Like, I want to come. <laughs> so I, but I would love to experience the in-person retreat when that rolls around. I'd be delighted to come. So thank you so much, ladies, for your time. I really do appreciate it. Mm. Thank you. It's been lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here with me today, talking about sanctuary and spirituality. I hope that the learnings you received in this episode are helpful for you on your own journey. But as always, I'm here to support you. So if you would like, please do reach out and share your thoughts with me. And also, please feel free to like, share, comment or review this episode. If you'd like to connect with me more, please go to my website, helenjoybutler.com. And I invite you also to join the Sanctuary Inner Circle. That's our beautiful group who talk about sanctuary spirituality and everything in between. But until next time, take care and much love.